Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 57. I, I tell people, it's like when you're in the minor leagues, it's like a one-man band. You got to kick the kick the drum, you got to play, play the horn, you're doing it all. You know, you're working with pitchers, position players. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I am Scott Caulfield. Today with me, my buddy Eric McMahon, Assistant Major League Strength and Conditioning Coach for the Texas Rangers Major League Baseball. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. This is going to be uh, also known as the Vermont edition of the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. <laughs> we have a, a true fellow Vermonter here, Burlington High School. <laughs> uh, no, two, two Vermonters in the same place. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. hard to come by. Yep. And and there's more. We've got, we've got a you know a small minority in professional sports. With uh, we've got Jonas with the Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. and Jeremy, Dallas Mavs. So we've got all the bases covered. I think we got to find a soccer guy probably. For sure, for sure. <laughs> and I'm sure we have a hockey guy out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I definitely want to talk. You know about being in um, Major League Baseball, but we were kind of just talking before we started rolling on here, too, about, uh, you know, you were talking about, you know, being in Vermont, but, you know, being able to utilize uh, the NSCA to, to learn more about, you know, this strength and conditioning stuff that yeah, you're trying sure. to find out more. Because typically, and people who are listening, maybe from smaller states or smaller towns, wherever you might be, you know, maybe in a similar situation where they don't realize they, they might have better resources or need mm-hmm. to know where to reach out but yeah why don't you maybe talk a little bit about that how you first you know where'd you go to school and kind of your yeah, first experience um, I'm, I'm very thankful for the NSCA in my career I, I feel like um, I, I learned about the NSCA at the perfect time um, growing up in Vermont I didn't have access to a lot of uh, true strength and conditioning and and I didn't even know it was a real career path probably yeah. until my early 20s when uh, one of my coaches said, hey, you know, the NSCA has a pretty good certification. You should look into that. And just by becoming a student member you know, and, and following the career path, I, I really feel like that's how I got to where I'm at. Um, so I, I know the generations of coaches before me kind of didn't have that same guidance to, to, to get where they have gotten in their career. But I know for me it's been a really um, – huge part just a a great um great content great education and um uh, but yeah grew up in burlington vermont i um went to st lawrence university and studied biology got my master's at springfield college kind of a strength and conditioning hub we have a pretty good contingent here at the coaches conference we got a little mafia yeah (laughs) reunion tonight which is going to be fun um, and so uh, that that was kind of how I um, got started. You know, it's funny. I was a, I played a lot of sports growing up, and I think that's you know coming from Vermont. You know, you have all the seasons, and, right. and that that's a huge adva- it was a huge advantage for me. Um, I, I always tell people that I wasn't great at any of those sports, but I was good enough to be on the teams and yeah. just and all yeah. of them. So I played football, hockey, and baseball yep. uh, in high school. And um, football was probably my best sport, so I went on to play Division three college football. But, I, you know, I had always worked for the local uh, minor league baseball team in my hometown. And just through um, really just watching what goes on in baseball there, I just kind of 
connected with it and uh, pursued it. One of my athletic trainers in college had five Stanley Cup rings. So I'm wow. like, you know what? He went to this small school up in upstate New York. And, yeah, you know, maybe a career in pro sports isn't off the table. So um, it was kind of a nerve-wracking uh choice to you know i uh, to i was someone who likes to lay things out and i it was nerve-wracking knowing like man like i'm approaching this really hard to get into profession and uh you know i was worried about how i was going to have a family and how i was yeah. going to accomplish all the things i wanted to accomplish and um i just uh, one day i was in college and i just realized you know what if i don't go for this and don't pursue it then then i'm going to have some regrets and so i just you know committed and um, and, and here I am. So, uh, yeah, very thankful for the NSCA and the role it played in, in me getting to where I'm at. That's super cool. We're going to, when, when this episode airs, we'll have a giveaway for anyone that can name that uh, baseball team in Burlington, Vermont. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, come, go out of Springfield College. Uh, what was your first gig after that in strength and conditioning then? Okay. The first yeah. paying job. Uh, first paying job in strength and conditioning, I was a. Um, I did some of my internship work with the Milwaukee Brewers, and, and I guess that was a paying job too. Sure. Um, and that kind of bridged into a uh, seasonal position there. I was with the Brewers for three years um, uh, before I came on with the Rangers um, in 2009 full-time. So I've been very fortunate that I haven't had to have too many stops along the way yeah. um, and that I've uh, found myself in some pretty good places where I could, could advance and move up. Cool. We've had a couple... Uh, people in Major League Baseball on the show, but maybe tell us a little bit about the different differences and different levels as a strength and conditioning coach where, yeah, where sure. you can work in baseball. For sure, yeah. Um, yeah. Baseball strength and conditioning has grown a ton since the early 2000s. And um, uh, when, when I got into this, there were most of the jobs, I remember seeing a job posting for an internship and it was... Um, I don't know if it, it was probably a monthly salary, but I interpreted it as for the whole summer, it was a thousand dollars. And I remember seeing it like, man, that's, that's so cool. Too bad I'll never be able to afford to do it. And within a year or two later, the jobs, uh, at least from an entry level standpoint, seemed like I could at least make it my summer job and kind of get that experience. And, um, and so, uh, but now it's a lot more common for teams to have full-time strength coaches at all their minor league affiliates. So on the entry level, it sometimes is harder for young coaches to get in the door um, right now, just because there aren't as many internships as there used to be. Um, we're hiring um, even our Arizona, uh, which is our rookie ball affiliate. You know, we're hiring full-time guys for that. Some of the pro, some of the teams out there are hiring interns and for their um, for their Dominican Academy um, and running programs down there but basically just getting experience where you can um, where uh, I uh, you know <laughs> kind of that small state mentality but you know I you don't have to go work at you know API to get experience or Exos now or, yeah. or it doesn't have to have a big name you can get great experience anywhere and I think when we see resumes where people use their college age years well um, with internships, with observation, with putting their putting their name out there, coming to these conferences, I think that um, that bodes well for for young candidates. Um, but in terms of what the career track is like, you you get in, and most of the time you're going to work at one of the lower levels. Um, 
Uh, it might be rookie ball, which is a short season, half season, where you spend yeah. some more extra time in Arizona. Um, you kind of move up uh, through the A-ball levels. Um, yeah. I was fortunate I didn't have to work A-ball for all that long uh, before I was up in double-A AA and triple-A. Um, and that's where you're you're dealing with a lot um, a lot better baseball baseball up there. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, you, we want to have experienced strength coaches at our upper levels. Yeah. And from when I started till now, um, the experience in the game for minor league strength coaches is, I mean, there's a ton. You right. know, they, there's right. guys with five, ten years that um, have never been in the major league level. Yeah. And, and they're phenomenal minor league strength coaches out yeah. there. So, um, they, it's really uh, grown a lot as a profession, um, yeah. but but like I always tell people, we we need good coaches. Right. Uh, we still right. need good coaches. That was what was very appealing about baseball yeah. when I was first getting in, um, compared to some of the other sports out there where strength and conditioning was was a hotbed. I felt like baseball was just kind of on the verge, and yeah. uh, now it's it's a lot better than it used to be. So yeah, and I mean baseball is kind of made the most commitment to strength and conditioning coaches really too right i mean you think about yeah we got a rock concert going on in the background here. let's give it a minute here <laughs> nice this is why we have editing is this uh what is this the, it must be the band for the for this thing yeah. oh yeah i forgot that one here this will be some killer background noise i don't know um okay yeah, and, and I feel like baseball has made a more of a commitment to uh, strength and conditioning, too. You guys require CSCS and mm-hmm. RSCC. I mean, you definitely are more invested, it seems like, uh, to hiring real you know, professionals. For sure. Yeah, the Players Association um, supports us in terms of uh, wanting credentialed, qualified people uh, to work with work with that work with players. And so, um, yeah, it's been a really good relationship with the NSCA and our Strength Society and Major League Baseball in the last five five to ten years, I'd say. Yeah, that's cool. And you've kind of moved up the ladder. I mean, talked a little bit about that. Um, you know, what what have your job has been like you know in the most recent maybe tell us a little bit what's a you know what's an assistant major league strength coach position like and yeah, you've been a, it's a coordinator question, too so what are the differences in those kind of levels well a minor league coordinator I, I you know I I was um I always I really like being with a team and I've always been fortunate that uh, even when I was in a assistant minor league coordinator role that I, I was with the AAA team at the time. So I, I think when you lose the team environment, um, you know, it, it's a different job. It becomes yeah. a lot more administrative. And yeah. that's, that's sort of what the minor league coordinator deals with. They're just basically, basically facilitating strength and conditioning yeah. at all the minor league affiliates. Um, you know, the major league assistant position is relatively new. Um, now it's funny because... Five years ago, I would have said there was very few, and now almost every team has an assistant. Okay. Wow. Um, and <laughs> having gone through my first year at the major league level and doing this now with two CSCS strength coaches at the major yeah. league level, it's a lot. Uh, it's a different job when you have two people doing it. Yeah. You know, I yeah, will yeah. say, I, I tell people, it's like when you're in the minor leagues, it's like a one man band. You got right. to kick the yeah. kick the drum. You got to play the play the horn. You're doing it all. You know, yeah. you're working with pitchers, position players. 
and we can split the work up a little bit and it's allowed us to take on some different projects like the velocity based training I talked about yeah, today yeah. Um, like uh, force are you using our force plate some of the jump profiling yeah, yeah, yeah. and measurement uh, those are testing is hard and doing doing the sports science and right, analytics right. stuff uh, that that's a challenge when you're out on an island by yourself yeah, working totally. with 25 guys but realistically with rehab and things like that each roster is usually upward of 30 or so so um, it, when you think about ratios the two strength coaches it, it makes it a lot easier to manage and we can, totally. we can accomplish a ton more yeah. um, that way so and are you guys kind of splitting up the team in a certain way when, when you have it with two strength coaches like that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, each team kind of approaches their assistant position different. I, I see it from across the field and talk to other guys in the league. But, uh, you know, we, we, we both do, uh, Jose and I, we both um, just kind of meet up every day and kind of yeah. just plan out what we're going to do. And, nice. and um, we... We both work with everybody, which is okay. which is nice. That's um, cool. Yeah, we, uh, I, I think I think it's the best because you know we can uh, we can both kind of be fresh and yeah. different. You know, be fresh with different group of guys. Whether I want to stretch the position players, yeah. he's out there with the pitchers. I'll run out there and condition them. Yeah. Keeps the guys guessing a little bit, but um, it's also it's good for them and it's good for us. Well, and when you were before that, when you're minor league coordinator, you're kind of overseeing like. 10 or 12 different people right in all these different teams and yeah. traveling around and kind you of checking in I was I was fortunate that I I got put into the coordinator title role but I was um, but yes the minor league coordinator oversees um, all the minor league strength coaches so okay. they, you know we ha I think we have 13 people in our department yeah. and one is Gene is a consultant so um it seems to grow every year by yeah, a position yeah, or two because we yeah. just added Dominican. So, yeah, essentially the minor league coordinator um, oversees the staff, most of the staff. Yeah. Um, you know, but but like any organization, you know, you the, the player development side is yeah. separate from the major league side. Okay. But, uh, you know, the, the leader of our department is Jose. He's our yeah. major league head strength coach, and yeah. he kind of sets the tone for what our program is, and he's done a really a phenomenal job of putting our program on the map and within cool. our own organization yeah. and I feel like we have some notoriety in the field just because of uh, the, the value system that he's instilled in, in us our staff and our players and um, you know I uh, there's a reason we haven't had a lot of turnover on our staff and just working yeah. with him yeah, he's, that's, uh, he's he's really good that says a lot about it what uh what do you think what are some of those like qualities or things that he kind of instills that uh helps uh you know yeah create that culture um you know i think we all kind of look for you know in, in strength and conditioning i think we all kind of look for a mentor you know one thing that and you might identify with this being a vermont guy is like when I was in school, I was learning from uh, someone with a PhD in physiology. I didn't, I didn't learn from a true strength coach. Uh, uh, most of what I'm doing nowadays, it wasn't until I came on with the Rangers that I felt like, wow, this guy is like, you know, he's a, he's a physical therapist. He's a strength coach. Um, and, and he's a great leader for our staff. And I felt like finally, you know, I had a, a, a mentor that 
you know, that I looked up to personally, but also yeah. just um, the way he managed our department, um, just uh, the, the integrity of how he, um, you know, kept keeps our group together and keeps our group strong, yeah. uh, you know, in our department. Um, uh, just the loyalty and, and the, the personal relationships we have, all the coaches, I think that's really been um, what's made us successful over the years. And uh, he's definitely instilled that in our staff. That's huge. So. Yeah, that's such a great, uh, you know, to have that kind of, um, like you said, the leadership and the teamwork that makes everybody kind of come together is such a big mm-hmm. piece of it. And, and if you can maintain, yeah, especially in a, place where you have a lot of moving parts to have Mm -hmm. people sticking around because they see the value in it it, that That was really the reason that teams got away from using interns because minor league the minor league coordinator job used to be just training the interns how to do the job for that year wow And, and those guys had one foot out the door because they were getting paid nothing yeah and they would be off to the next college job or whatever was next for them yeah um so um so yeah yeah um and we're here at the 2019 coaches conference where you talked to today uh you had a nice crowd in there uh about yeah. some of the velocity-based training stuff that you guys are doing maybe tell us a little bit what you know that technology that you guys are using and how you're using it um so we um yeah we we started using gym aware this year we um borrowed one from the tcu sports science lab we have a pretty good relationship with them just just being local um and um a couple of their phd students came down and just gave us a little tutorial on how to use it and almost immediately we saw just guys our players bought in they 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 were competing for for better velocity numbers they were competing against each other and we just we looked at each other and we we're like man this thing is awesome like <laughs> we're getting great buy-in and um it wasn't long before uh we just committed and and uh got it throughout our system so we kind of went all in on this thing yeah. um but we've gotten a ton of ton of good information I think the thing we really like about VBT in general is that, um, you know, we have a force plate and we do jump profiling and we, we like to, um, we like to test our guys and see what they're capable of, but it's hard to travel that. Um, and, and that's a big part of our business. Um, the, uh, gym aware, the push, whatever technology you use in VBT, you can travel that, you can do that anywhere. And that has, um, it's made uh, made that made the information we're getting from that much more consistent and um, uh, and meaningful for us. Just the practicality of it. And yeah. so, um, for us, you know, I gave that presentation today: velocity-based training in professional baseball. Knowing that there's not a lot of teams that are using it on the level we are. Yeah. Um, a lot of teams have a gym aware or two, or have a couple. Um, devices that they want to try out, but I think the strategies and methods were um, we're still kind of green on that in yeah. the field of baseball, and we're and we're figuring things out. So just sharing that today, I think that was that was kind of my goal of present those things to the baseball crowd that's cool. that's always here at this conference. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, I thought it went over well. So. That's great. Yeah, we'll have to get uh, get you back talking about it more again. <laughs> yeah. sure. What um. 
I've asked this question to someone else too, and I always like to hear these answers is, um, you know, going into major league baseball, maybe you have some preconceived notions or was there anything when you started working with, uh, major league more so that, that you were really surprised at like working with the athletes or being at that level or, or even before that, when I think people think about major league baseball or the NBA or, they may have these ideas in their heads. I guess, was there anything that really surprised you or good or bad? I mean, yeah, I know a couple things, you know, part of this is the level of baseball I played growing up. But when I, I remember when I got hired into professional baseball and I, and I was pumped, you know, I'm like, get hired by a major league team to come and I was going to be a rookie ball strength coach. And I remember being in spring training and watching a lot of the coaches kind of take guys through drill progressions and things. And I'm like, they were on, um, (laughs) <laughs> I remember a base running drill is specifically, and I'm sitting there and they're doing dirt ball reads where guys basically advance when the ball goes in the dirt. And I'm like, I'd never heard that term in my life. Right. So I, I remember having to ask a lot of good questions, yeah. just learn the game more yeah. because, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I wasn't a high level baseball player by yeah. any means. And, and so I think that was something that was, that was big for me. Um, but on the other side, people ask me that question a lot and, I always approach it as I see more similarities. You know, it's always a comparison, the pro and the college environment, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I, I've always seen more similarities than yeah. differences. Yeah. You know, I mean, in every environment, you're going to have guys that work really hard for you. Yeah. They got some guys that don't, some guys that frustrate you, some guys that you, you love working with on a daily basis. Um, it's a, it's different in that we deal with, um, you know, a, a much broader population we have 16 all the way up to we had 45 year old uh, Bartolo Colon last year and so yeah your programming is going to be different for those guys you know and 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 these guys are pro athletes who come from different organizations and they might have a program laid out and and you just have to be um, very open-minded you know working with certain guys but um, but for me it, it's strength and conditioning. Yeah. It always has been, and I think um, I think that's uh, you know where our field's at right now. Yeah. So. Well, I think it was uh, Brian Dew was talking about working with uh, one of the Celtics players, and he said, you know, that was basically a guy came into the team was a little older, and he was like you know perennial all-star and he was like oh what are you going to tell what are you going to show me like (laughs) yeah Yeah. i got i've been on 12 all-star teams and and he was like okay well i'm gonna have to approach this differently so 100 yeah yeah Yeah. do you find you sometimes you guys have to kind of just take take a step back and you know figure out okay what makes this guy tick that i'm going to make the connection with for sure (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean we're a resource for these guys it's a you know it's an ancillary service that we provide you know and and i think you know i there's certainly you know there's guys we had adrian beltre this guy's a future hall of famer on our team last year and you know it's He's gonna. I mean, he knows exactly what he's gonna do on a daily basis, and he's a he's a pro, and he's gonna come to us for what he needs help with. And you know, there's just some mutual respect, like in any profession. These guys are these guys are professionals. Yeah. And um, what? But the interesting part of that is is on the younger end, we vault guys into this professional status at a really young age, so we deal with maturity as well. And so I think that that's where, kind of that uh, reputation of you know the the negativity towards that side of things kind of comes out sometimes but but i love working with pro guys you know i've thought about working in college in the past and um 
for whatever reason, this has just been my calling, and I really enjoy it. So. Yeah, well, I guess some of those guys, too, you're probably thinking about it, right? Like, the younger guys are eager to be professionals and you're teaching them what it's like to be a professional and then as you get older you're also like well these guys kind of know certain things and now it's like well they want to know how to extend their career so exactly. now they're coming to you exactly. saying i've got a whole nother thing like mm-hmm. how do i play five more years exactly <laughs> so yeah that's pretty cool um so where what's the biggest kind of changes you think you've seen in uh in baseball you know, in the la- in your career, has there been a lot of? Yes, you know, obviously strength and conditioning methods don't really change. No, but there are certain trends, um, and obviously, obviously the, the professional growth has been big, like I was talking about. I think right now the biggest change we're seeing is the the, the push towards data and analytics. Right. Um, you know, and and this is interesting because, you know, as science based practitioners, we're actually probably the most qualified and we're definitely the most educated yeah. uh, in our organizations of dealing with some of these technologies and um, movement based, athleticism based uh, uh, programs and skills that we're trying to bring into our program. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I do think we have a responsibility to. Uh, to, to step up and be be the voice on that um, and it can be frustrating for us because it's coming at us from a lot of different angles sometimes yeah. and, and um, you know kind of the, the lowly strength coach mentality we're stuck down there dealing with the AD or dealing with right. you know whether it's front office or, or you know the people upstairs and, and I um, you know it's um but the technology push and the and the data and analytics that's where the game is at i said this in the presentation earlier today our our players are surrounded by i was talking about velocity based training yeah. they're surrounded by velocity based data in every phase of the game right uh, whether it be statcast or what the technology we have in our batting cage or in the in the bullpen and and so um, doing it in the weight room and utilizing technology in the weight room is really um, you know, it's it's the logical next step for us um, to to giving guys feedback. I think as feedback tool is probably the number one thing we can give our athletes to get more out of their training sessions. Um, but I think that's what we're doing in other areas. And so, given that it probably a lot of the education comes from our field right. that has gone right. into these areas. I think we need to kind of take ownership of it and and be the voice on that stuff. Yeah. Well, and gosh, these guys have it in every aspect of their life, right? We have it on our iPhone. We've got the oh, Apple Health sure. thing. Like, for sure. Probably some of them have their own Fitbits or whatever yeah. that they that they're like seeing if they got their steps in for the day and yeah. beyond. You know, with like collective bargaining agreement stuff and tracking things. Like, sure. they probably bring you their own sleep monitors and ask you what you think of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. It, it, they, there's a lot there's a lot out there right now and guys are guys are guys are dialed in on the technology they're dialed in on their phone their their fortnite and their all their all their different uh, gaming things and so we can use that to our advantage as strength coaches uh, and and because we're in the exhibit hall right now I mean the there's a lot of there's a lot of those things yeah, right. a lot of those tools feedback tools that we uh, it, that we can push on our athletes and use yeah. uh, and get great information. So, yeah. um, you guys are part of the 
PBS CCS, Professional Baseball Strength and Conditioning Coaches Society. Mm-hmm. It's a very, uh, I've taken me a while to really dial in that acronym, but I've gotten yeah. good at it. <laughs> I was just going to say, years uh, of winter meetings, I've got it pretty well <laughs> down. Uh, but I, you know, you guys are, I think, the the most um, organized organization as a coaching, uh, as a profession of sport that I've seen. Uh, you guys have a great winter meeting thing every day, mm-hmm. every year where you do your educational stuff. Maybe talk a little bit about how that, you know, that organization there helps you guys as a yeah. overall throughout the league. Absolutely. So that's grown a lot too. Um, you know, I hear stories going to those meetings about how it used to be 50, 60 people in there, max. You'd have the, you'd have the major league guys and you'd have the minor league coordinators. And now we have, you know, there's probably two, 300 people in that room. It's, you know, you have a lot of minor league strength coaches coming. Uh, we have all of our RDs now because every team's going to have uh, RD working with them now. Um, and uh, it's it the the conference itself has really grown. The quality of the content being presented is 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 really cool. I think you know the the leadership over the past um, five five six years. You know Brendan Hutman, Matt Krause, who just took over as our president. He's um, he's got some really great ideas about the growth, and he's been involved in the the trade show and things. Um, to, to grow our conference and um, yeah I've, I've really enjoyed being a part of the society and um, it's a great group of guys and I think one thing I really like about it is just there's the professionalism you know we show up we're we're in suits we're, we're you know it's a very you know business-like environment and I think for for a bunch of strength coaches getting together talking shop you know we we, we take our job seriously and and it's um, going to that meetings all going to those meetings always really um, it's a big moment motivator for me going into the next right. year and I always take something away that's really neat no like I said I, it's always I've been impressed every time I've gone to winter meetings and it's been a really neat thing to be part of uh, with our relationship with NSCA and the organization um, you guys are so busy craziest schedule probably in yeah. sports um, how do you guys keep and, and obviously like you have your winter meetings and I know that you actually brought uh, us in the NSCA staff did a little in-service stuff for you guys how yeah. do you guys kind of keep pushing the continuing education and, and growth with such a demanding season? Yeah, that's that's a good question. You know, we provide each of our coaches with a continuing ed stipend that they can kind of apply how they want. But we also do some staff continuing education uh, seminars every spring training. Uh, that NSCA one was great. Um, I remember setting it up with you um, a couple of years ago and um, – <laughs> for for whatever reason, I always remember this being asked. Oh, do you want to? You know, like, there's an apply. Like, there's an actual test you got to take. Like in the weight room, and I said, you know, what? this is gonna be awesome. I haven't had a test like yeah. a lab practical test right. in years. So I, I thought yeah. that was really cool. We're yeah. all like, we're down on the conditioning field, and we're all taking turns running up to go take our <laughs> take our exam. So that was. Um, that was pretty cool, um, but that's something we do every year, um, and and it's completely different stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we're um, trying to think what we're doing. We're doing some of the PRI stuff this year, okay, um, nice. and just something that's uh, other teams use it. We have dabbled with it, and I think we want to get more involved, and so we're gonna we're gonna do that a little uh, seminar as a group. Um, we've done um, we've done Olympic weightlifting. 
um, one year when we really dedicated a lot of time to that. Um, kettlebells, Indian clubs. Um, we try to soak in whatever's out there because um, the on one end, we we need to be the jack of all trades. Guys come to us with a lot, yeah. um, and I've been I've been really happy because you know I feel really well prepared being part of the staff because we, you know, I, I think Jose's leadership, Napoleon, just we all come together and we take on something that I probably wouldn't have taken on for myself. Yeah. Um, some with some of these continuing education courses, and and it it makes us better. I mean, I, I think just the, the the group mentality and it that's been a really good thing and i know we're not, not the only team that does that yeah. um and so uh yeah it's 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 a big part of what we do you need to continue to stay on the cutting edge so to speak i know what you said like this does this how much does this field really change but on some level you know they they're always we need to rework our language on things we need to revisit things things are always making a comeback and maybe for us it's new you know and that that's kind of the mentality you have to have yeah so that's a great point um i wonder too and i think you know we were talking about the different levels but maybe what's like a typical day look like for somebody lifting in major league baseball like maybe in season and out of season couple examples like what's yeah, a typical good. day for you guys yeah, as a strength sure. coach um you know this is pretty true at the minor and major league level but it's like i'd say a home game you know I, i'm getting to the park before noon usually you know seven o'clock game that night um and guys are if guys are rolling in then that's on the early side, but that'd be just to, you know, grab a bite to eat and kind of get their get their day organized. You know, typically guys are rolling in, rolling in the younger guys in the one range, the older guys maybe a little bit later. Um, and our weight room will be busy kind of in the in the two to four range is kind of our prime time for guys in the weight room. Um, logistically, what helps us is the, the weight room's kind of on the way to the batting cage. So it's kind of nice. a yeah. guys will... Uh, come get their lift in and that's in-season training so you know these aren't extreme high volume time consuming lifts you know 20 30 minutes max we can we can get guys through pretty efficiently Um, and then they go and they do their prep work in the cage um, and they go about their day pitchers um, you know it's more scheduled with five-day pitchers so they'll kind of come in during that time as well maybe a little later sometimes depending on travel and if we got in late the day before that kind of thing you know, historically, um, the mentality was you wanted to lift relievers after the game um, because they you wanted them to be fresh for that next day. Um, but over the years, I think just the practical uh, aspect of guys not wanting to stay late, right. um, we, guys have gotten a better foundation of yeah. strength and conditioning. Yeah. So they can recover a lot better than maybe they used to. And so they show they, when given the choice, most of our guys, no, I'm going to come in tomorrow uh, and get it in when I get in. So they'll kind of take that similar to the position player approach uh, and come in early, get their work in and uh, they'll condition um, out there, you know, after they play catch. Um, So we'll stretch in the four or five range, depending on Homer, Homer on the road while we're hitting batting practice. Um, and then we'll uh, pitchers throw, and then there's some downtime before the game, and that's more recovery work for the pitchers that 
or down or um, it's more in, yeah like more individualized routines routine. yeah. um, the medical the medical staff yeah. does a lot of work in that time and we'll we'll assist those guys we're we're kind of we're in the same you know the, the same field essentially where we will we'll get in there and help guys stretch before the game and do some of that stuff so um, and then then game time you know and and for me game time is prepping for the next day yeah. a lot of time you know I go I go out as for you know, try to get five, six innings or or however long. Depends on how much work I have to do. And then I'll come in and kind of uh, log the work day, um, put together any projects I need to do. And then I'll come in and um, uh, prep for the next day, anything I need to get done. So. Nice. Well, this has been outstanding. Got got to know a lot about uh, stuff I didn't know about Major League Baseball. Yeah. Uh, if people have other questions, want to reach out to you, find out more info, what's the best way to get hold of you or follow you on social media, et cetera? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, my Twitter handle is Eric McMahon, CSCS, at Eric McMahon, CSCS. That's a good way to get me. I like getting on there. We also have at Ranger Strength. Um, we have a we have you know we like putting information out there. We I feel like we get great information back in return just by sharing. Um, there's no real secrets in this field, you know, and 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 I think um, that's been a really positive thing for us. We're also Ranger Strength on Instagram, um, but elmcmahon at gmail.com. That's my personal email. Feel feel free to hit me up if you have any questions or uh, you're a young strength coach that wants to get into baseball. I, I love helping helping people and and talking to people and and so if um, if you have any questions please hit me up you often hear these podcasts recorded at an SCA conferences and events why not join us at the next one you can get all the details on upcoming events at nsca.com slash events great appreciate you being on the show thanks for yeah, everyone thanks, for tuning in to the vermont episode of the nsca sure. coaching hey, you podcast didn't, you didn't ask me any vermont stuff which <laughs> is okay but <laughs> we didn't want to get into too many historical historical things <laughs> they weird. don't want to hear about maple syrup yeah. that much <laughs> but yeah thanks to everyone for listening we truly appreciate the support and again uh and a big thanks to our sponsor sorenx exercise equipment we appreciate their support and to all of you listening we appreciate your support uh again if you like the podcast make sure that you subscribe wherever you download your podcast from write us a review and keep listening in look forward to talking with you all soon thanks this was the nsca's coaching podcast the national strength and conditioning association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information resources and help advance the profession serving coaches for over 40 years the nsca is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals be sure to join us next time